welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. Thank you for being with us this morning in spirit um, and just creating an atmosphere of worship in your home. That is the one thing that we need right now more than ever. We need an outpouring of everything that Jesus represents right now. And as I mentioned last week, uh, when, when we come across times of, of crisis, people have many questions. Uh, they're confused. There, there's, there's a lot of fear and anxiety going on. But, but we as a church know that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. So I encourage you to share that with somebody this morning. I mentioned to our leaders here this morning, uh, um, you know, this is a time where everyone is on social media. I mean, everybody is, is online right now because there's really nowhere else to go. You're at home, you're sitting there, and, and the only form of communication with the outside world is, is social media. And, and so because of that, um, this is such an opportunity for the churches who are literally all across the nation uh, streaming online. This is our opportunity to bring the church inside someone's home who wouldn't normally step foot in the church. So that's why we encourage you to, to share these live streams uh, because you never know when someone uh, who is in need of a, a word of hope, um, they will come across these live streams and, and be filled with the hope that is Jesus. Amen. So God has a word for us this morning. I think that you're going to want to hear these words from Jesus to his disciples. Um, we're beginning with John chapter 16 there. Um, this is Jesus speaking. John 16, we're starting with verse 16. He says this, a little while and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? They were confused, right? Everything that Jesus was saying, if you read the whole chapter, it, it was just, it didn't really make sense. They, they couldn't compre- comprehend it, uh, what Jesus was saying. So looking for a little bit of clarity, Jesus continues. We're going to skip down to verse 20. He says, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being uh, was born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. And in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the father in my name, he will give it to you until now. You have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Amen. I entitled today's message, Zoom Out. And we'll, we'll explain what that means in a little bit. But here in this, in this passage of scripture, everything that Jesus is saying to his disciples, it, it brings very little understanding to their minds. They still don't really know what he means. Where is he going? He's going to go away for a little bit and then he's going to come back. What does he mean when he says you will have sorrow, but then the world is going to rejoice in your sorrow? What is he saying here? What is what is he doing? They didn't understand it. In fact, if you were reading that at home, like like we just did, um, chances are you might not really know what Jesus is saying without knowing what the rest of the story is. If your kids ask you to explain that passage of scripture, you might say, well, I, I don't really know. I need a little bit more context. Um, and, and context is something that I want to, I want to talk about briefly. Uh, there's this theological, um, term called eisegesis 
that you use it a lot in, in biblical hermeneutics, the interpret, interpretation of the word, uh, the, the term that literally means to lead into the scripture. So you bring your own experiences, you bring uh, your, your, your upbringing, the way that you were taught, the way that someone taught you, the way that your parents did things at home, your cultural upbringing, you bring all of that and you bring it into the scripture and you allow that, you, you, you allow your interpretive lens uh, is the way that you interpret the scripture when that's not the way that we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to allow the scripture to speak to us all on its own, regardless of our experiences, regardless of our upbringing. So Sometimes uh, you'll have one person who has one argument and he uses a, a particular passage of scripture uh, to support his claim. And then you have another guy who has another argument and, and he uses a, another verse to support his claim. Uh, when it turns out that neither of those passages of scripture should even be used uh, to support either claim. That's called eisegesis. And it usually happens when there's no context. No context. When you don't really know the full story yet, maybe you're quick to judge a person's decision when you have no context into why they made that decision in the first place. There is value in context. And the context here in which Jesus is speaking has to do with his death and his resurrection. He was leaving them for a while because he was going to go do the will of the Father. He was going to be arrested. He was going to uh, be put on trial. And then he was going to be crucified. And then he was going to come back. Uh, that sorrow of his death would, uh, would, would be experienced by the disciples. And losing a friend. And losing a teacher. And losing a master. That sorrow would be the world's rejoicing. Because everyone who rejected Jesus would celebrate uh, upon his death. And that joy would come back to the disciples on the day of his resurrection. So that's the context in which Jesus is talking about, but they didn't know it at the time. We know it today because we have the story. And, and, and every year Christians remember uh, the sacrifice Jesus made for us on Good Friday. We come together and, and we remember that. And then a couple days later, we come back and churches across the nation are filled on Easter Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection uh, of, 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 of Jesus Christ. And that brings us joy. We know that. We're able to do that because we have the context that allows us to understand all of this. But what about when the context isn't there? Because the rest of the story hasn't yet been written and you're left in the dark and you're left in confusion and you're left in anxiety and you're stressing out and you're left in fear because you don't understand what's coming. Can I just encourage you this morning, church, that we don't have to be confused like the disciples were. We don't have to be uncertain in the midst of one of the most uncertain times uh, this world has, has seen in a very long time. Can I just tell you that God is doing something? God is shifting something. I mean, man, I've, my, my uh, news feed online has just been flooded with people singing worship songs and prayers and words of encouragement. God is doing something with the church today in the 21st century. He is stirring up a revival. He's drawing us closer to him. He's bringing us on our knees. There is something happening. We just don't have the context yet. Right now, the world... It's nervous. It's nervous because of uncertainty. It's nervous because of a lack of information. That's, that's one of the things that you hear all the time right now on the news. We just, we just don't know enough about 
this yet. We don't know how many people are truly infected because there's not enough tests and and we don't know how badly this is going to affect the economy in the coming years. And I don't know if I'm going to have my job in a few weeks. That's all you hear on the news right now. Uncertainty. My advice to you is to turn it off a little bit. Put your phone down. Turn off the news. Don't, don't, don't turn this off right now. We're, I'm preaching. But, but turn off the news and, and, and instead pick up the word of God. And let yourself be reminded that faith is made stronger in the midst of uncertain circumstances. And God shines brightest in the middle of darkness. you got to be reminded of that. Be reminded that when the Egyptians were oppressed and enslaved and they had no hope for 400 years, then God delivered them. That when Gideon and his army of just a few hundred men came against all odds over uh, fighting over a hundred thousand men and then they had the victory. That when Daniel was thrown in the lion's den to be mauled by them, even though his survival was more than just uncertain, it was unlikely. God shut the mouths of those lions and he survived. The events taking place right now may be uncertain, but one thing is for certain. And that God is still writing this story. God is still writing this story. I don't know what your story is. Perhaps you don't even know how it ends. You don't know what the next chapter looks like. But God is looking ahead and he knows exactly what's coming. That is what we put our faith into. That's what we put our certainty into. And Even though we don't have the context yet, I know that God is in control. I was listening to uh, one of my podcasts this week and they were talking about this concept that I really liked. Um, it was this idea that when problems arise, and any problem, not, not just the one that we're experiencing today, but when any problem arises, we tend, as, as human beings, we tend to zoom in on that problem. That's what we do. When problems come, we get so stressed out, we pick up that problem, and we just look at it, and we touch it, and we think about it, and we we talk about it and we can't go to sleep without giving it an hour worth of thought. And then we dream about it and it so much so that it becomes our focus. And so <clears throat> when you're driving and you're using your GPS, your GPS is tracking your, your exact location. So it's following you pretty closely, right? Um, so in, in a sense, it's kind of zoomed in to where you are. Now, if you want to get a better idea of your surroundings, what do you have to do? You have to zoom out. If you want to see what's ahead, if you want to, if you're trying to avoid traffic, you zoom out. If you're trying to see if there's another road that you can take to get to your destination, you have to zoom out. And so what the world has done today and, and, and the temptation for us all to do it is there as well. We, we have zoomed in to this problem. We will remember this COVID-19 for the rest of our lives. We will remember how scared it made people because we zoomed in on it. We zoomed in on it. It became everything. It became the number one talking point. It became the number one thinking point. It, beca- it, it changed our lives. We cannot let this crisis be what we're zoomed into, church. We cannot let this ruin our day. We cannot let this bring us to tears. We cannot let it cause anxiety and worry. Now, Zooming out of this is not, it's not just going to take away the problem. Ignoring something is not going to take it away. But whatever you're zoomed into becomes the biggest object in your line of vision. And we as a church 
cannot let this be the center of our focus. We cannot be. Right now, everyone is looking for hope. And we have to point the hope to Jesus. We can't do that when our judgment is clouded, when our focus is not on Jesus. We can't point them to Jesus. And I really wanted to preach this message today because I know that there's a lot of people that are scared right now. Christians as well. Maybe you don't want to say it because, you know, this crisis has brought out a lot of ugly from a lot of Christians and you're judged if you're afraid because you don't have faith and, and you don't believe and you're judged if you're having church at home. And, uh, but, but the truth is you're a little scared. The truth is you, you don't, you don't want to lose your job and you're kind of thinking about that. The truth is you don't really want to get sick. You don't want to get someone else sick. You want things to go back to normal. I understand all of that. That is normal. But I wonder if we're zoomed in too much to what we're not supposed to let be the center of our focus. Because see what happens when you're zoomed into the wrong thing, church, and, and you don't have the context yet. You're, you're going to drive yourself insane. You're, you're going to have your problem with the side of uncertainty. Now, if your focus, though, becomes something else, if your focus becomes the God who you know is in control, he's always been in control, the God who has never failed us, the God who said that he will never leave us, never forsake us, the God who gave us life, if he is our focus, that uncertainty becomes irrelevant. Because even if my outcome, the outcome of my situation is uncertain, but I am zoomed into the God that I, that I know will take care of everything, then I am certain that me and my family will remain in his favor. Many of us need to learn how to zoom out of the bad, out of the problem, out of the crisis, out of the uncertainty, out of the fear, out of the things that are keeping us up at night. We need to zoom out of that and remember and redefine our area of focus on that which is godly. And the word of God gives us such a good place to start. I don't think I have it up here on the screen, but it's Philippians 4.8. Write that down if you're taking notes right now. Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Set your minds upon those things. You remember when, uh, when Peter saw Jesus on the water? I want you to think about this real quick. Re- recall that, that story in the Bible when, when, when the disciples were, they were on the boat and there, there were some waves, there was, there was some wind that was rocking the boat and, and um, they were out in the middle of the water and, and they see in the midst of fog something walking on water. Now, now, people don't walk on water and so their immediate thought was, what, what is this? It, it must be a ghost. And, and, and the Bible says that the disciples were afraid in that moment. They were afraid because this is uncertain. What, what is coming towards me? I don't know what this is. But then Jesus speaks up and he says, it is I, do not be afraid. It is I, do not be afraid. First of all, that should serve as a reminder that because God is with us, because we know that God is with us, we have no reason to fear. We have no reason to be afraid. He says, do not fear. It is I, I am in your midst. I am here in your presence. Do not be afraid. No matter what it is, God's presence will always be more powerful than what we fear. So upon this realization that, okay, this is Jesus, it's not a ghost. Now, all of a sudden, Peter gets confident. 
It's as if his fears are suddenly removed. And, and, and rightly so. I mean, this is, this is Jesus now. This is not a ghost. Okay, I don't have to be afraid. This is Jesus. And at that moment, when Peter realizes that he doesn't have to be afraid because this is Jesus, Jesus becomes his focal point. Now it's not about what's going on around me. Now it's not about what I thought this was. This is Jesus. This becomes his focal point. And it, had it not been his focal point, he wouldn't have asked to come out on the water. He wouldn't have made such a, a bold request. But because Peter realized that this was Jesus, Jesus became his focus. He zoomed in on Jesus in a sense. And what did he say? He said, Lord, if that's you, call me out to you. That's a bold request. Call me out to you. It doesn't matter that I'm really not able to walk on water. My focal point is you. Whatever you say I can do, I can do and I will do. And so he calls them out. And, and, and when you come to that realization, church, let me just say, when you come to that realization that God is with you, when you remember that, man, that, that brings so much hope. That brings so much, so much peace, that hope and knowing that, that no matter where I go, no, no matter what I put, what I'm able to uh, go through, God is with me. And that moment of realization becomes so powerful. It becomes so powerful. You know he is for you. You know he's on your side. And it brings you so much confidence and so much joy and so much peace. It's like we can, we can conquer the world. Nothing can touch me. Nothing. And our faith is at an all-time high. But then we zoom out. We zoom out of Jesus. We zoom out of the good. We zoom out of that security that, that we were in because we had locked our eyes upon God. We zoomed out. And you should never zoom out of the things that you should be focusing on. There was this time in sixth grade where my, I, I was my teacher's favorite student. For real. I had the best grades in class. I, uh, I was a good student. I participated. I did my work. She used me as an example. She said, y'all need to be more like Ryan. And Midway through the semester, she had me stay after class one day, and um, she had a talk with me, and she wanted to ask me some questions because my grades had fallen. And she said, what's going on with you? You seem distracted. You don't seem like you did in the beginning of the semester. You're not participating in class. You're not focusing. Where did that focus go? I had zoomed out. I had zoomed out of my schoolwork. I remember in sixth grade when I went into, when I went into school, I was like, you know what? This year, I'm just going to focus on school. I'm just going to be a good student. So one day I get into a good college. That's what I'm going to do. And I zoomed into my schoolwork. But then midway through the semester, I zoomed out of that and I zoomed into my love interest in sixth grade. And I was, I was, I was consumed with this little girlfriend that I had and and I, I remember I had a little Motorola phone and I was in class discovering the powerful, the, the power of text messaging, right? Because text messaging was kind of a, a new thing. I discovered ringtones and every time she would call, boys to men song would come on and it was great. But my focus had shifted from one thing to another thing. And as Christians, and not even just Christians, people in general, we, we do that a, a, an awful lot. Our, our, our focus ships, ships from one thing to another. We zoom into one thing 
and then we, we zoom out, and then we zoom into another thing, and then we get bored, and then we zoom out again. And it's not helpful to zoom out of the thing that sustains us, that gives us peace, that increases us in faith and in wisdom. But that's what we do. And that's what Peter did. This is Matthew 14, 29. It says this, so Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water and came to Jesus. He was, his, his focal point was Jesus. He was looking at Jesus. He wasn't worried because he had, he had this sense of, of, of courage that, that Jesus was with him and, and he didn't have to be afraid and he could conquer all things. But then it says this, verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. I think many people across this world are shifting their focus to the wind. Christians all over this nation, man, we were so ready for 2020. Everybody, I feel like everybody I know had like a, a vision 2020 Sunday. I saw, I saw this meme the other day that, uh, that said for all those, 20, all those 2020 vision Sundays, we had no one saw coronavirus coming, <laughs> but we were so, man, we were so fired up. I mean, the church was fired up. We were ready. We were ready for this new decade that we were getting into. We were focused and maybe you at home, maybe you started, you know, coming to church more. You started bringing your family. You started being more intentional with your faith. And you said, Hey, we're going to sit down once a week and we're going to have a devotional time with our family. And we're going to come to church and we're going to participate and we're going to get involved. And we're, our faith is going to increase. And we're going to come on, on Wednesday nights or whenever we have Bible study. And we're just, we're going to do it. We're focusing Jesus. This is where we're going. And now this is taking center stage, this crisis. And can I just tell you, church, that whether it be this or something else, there's always going to be a crisis. There's always going to be something in life that, that drags us down, that distracts us. and Problems are always going to persist. And when we see this storm, we're going to become afraid because we forget that even though there's a problem, even though there's uncertainty, even though there's some confusion, and even though we don't know the context yet, God is still doing something. God hasn't left the room. We cannot forget that in the midst of uncertainty and confusion and fear. God has not left the room. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you find yourself zoomed in to life's problems, zoom out and redistribute your focus on the one who always makes things Okay, the last part of John, I'm about to close. John verse 22. I want you to be encouraged by this if you're at home. It says, I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. And in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Now, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by that last part? You will ask nothing of me. I, I did a little bit of a, more of a deep dive into that verse. And, and, and what Jesus meant by saying that was after the moment of sorrow, and I want you to hear me, after the moment of sorrow, after you've gone through the struggle, after you've experienced the pain, after you've been through the uncertainty, and you come out of it, and you're once again filled with hope, and you're once again filled with peace, you will then have the context 
because the story of that situation that you went through will have been written. And when that happens, you will ask nothing of me. You're not going to ask anymore what's going on. You're not going to ask anymore why are you putting me through this. You're not going to ask anymore what, what, what is, what is going to happen to me, what's happening to, to my finances, what's happening to uh, my, 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 my health, what's happening to my family. You're not going to ask those questions because you're going to know. You'll have the full story. And you'll look behind you and you'll see what God did in the midst of that crisis and you'll be glad that he did it. So I want you to go in that hope this morning that even though today you don't know, today you don't have the context yet, today you don't really know what God is working in, but one day you will. In the meantime, stay focused on what matters. Jesus, stay focused. If you're at home, I'm going to ask that you just bow your heads with me. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up We're going to sing one more song. But I want to pray over you right there. If you're at home, if you're watching online, bow your heads real quick and let me just pray over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you, my God, for this word, Lord. I thank you, my God, because through it you have reminded us, my God, that even though today we are, we don't have the context, we don't have the full information. We don't know how the story ends, my God. We are certain in you. We put our faith, we put our trust in you, my God. We pick up the word and we are reminded of the things that you have done in the past and the things that you say that you are going to do in the future, my God. We know who you are. We know that you are bigger than any crisis, Father God, and we are putting our faith in you. Allow us right now, every household, every person watching, my God, allow us to stay focused on you, my God. Allow us to be led by you, my God, so that we can lead our families, my God. We can have our children focused on you during this time of uncertainty. Because even though we don't know right now, Father, we know that one day we will have no more questions because we will have the context. We will know what you did and we will rejoice because you did it. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.